So not too long ago, I held this workshop at WPPI where I gave my top 30 creative strategies to get photography clients as fast as possible without paid ads. And it killed it. It sold out. It was incredible. I've been sitting on it for a little while and I've decided to bring it back, to bring it back and to give it directly to you. You don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to pay anything either. I just want to help you grow your business each day for three days. I'm going to share with you 10 ultra unique creative ways to attract dream clients to your photography business without spending a bunch of money. I'm calling this thing the three day client blitz and it is pure gold for three days. I'm going to give you so many creative ideas to get clients in your business right now. Just go to sixfigurephotography.com forward slash blitz six S I X six figure your photography.com forward slash blitz b l i t z i can't wait to give you some incredible ideas hello everyone and welcome to the six figure photography podcast my name is ben hartley your host and i am so grateful that you are tuning in and listening to today's episode the purpose of the six figure photography podcast sfp P. <laughs> there it is. The SFP podcast is to help you grow your business, to grow your mindset. And um, and that's what we're going to be doing today. Now, a, a little behind the scenes, many of you are aware of this. Many of you aren't aware of this. But I not only host this podcast, but I have a private Facebook group called the Six Figure Photography Mastermind Community. And I would like to first encourage you guys to come and join that, to be part of it. It's a free community. It's got to answer a couple quick questions. But the reason why you might want to consider doing that is because Monday through Friday, I do daily live videos, live content, similar to what maybe you may hear on the podcast. Um, but the difference about that content is you get to engage with me. You get to join the conversation, to comment, to ask questions, and I get to engage back and to talk with you guys. It's it's um it's far more collaborative in the experience. It's a two-way conversation. Now, I'm letting you know this because today's episode of the podcast actually first uh, debuted in the Mastermind community. Uh, alongside the daily live content, every Wednesday, there is a dedicated piece, uh, a series that I do every Wednesday in the Mastermind group, and, and I've called it Heart to Heart. Uh, my name, last name's Hartley, right? So Heart, H-A-R-T, uh, to Heart, H-E-A-R-T, so Heart to Heart, where I have genuine conversations, uh, maybe a little bit more open form conversations with, with creatives who've been in your shoes. Uh, and so a lot of the conversations I'm having are with, with other industry experts, with other peers. And, um, and, and in this particular episode, this is episode three of Heart to Heart, I had the chance to connect with my friend uh, Michaela Harris. And, and Michaela Harris, she is of uh, Harris Company, but she also is the, the founder, owner, operator of the Printographer Society. And Michaela's been a long-term friend of mine, uh, her and her, her husband, David, uh, both been friends of mine, and, and Michaela is, has really been spearheading the conversation around print, around the power, the importance, the value of print, both from a, from like a psychological, emotional, just like uh, personal standpoint, but also the value and importance of it for your business. And so I had the opportunity to, to just 
have a real great conversation uh, with Michaela about print. And, and I wanted, at the end of the conversation, I thought, man, this would be a great episode for you all to listen to. People who, are, who have not yet decided to join the Mastermind community. Again, it's free, just so you know. Um, but I thought it'd be a great, uh, a great um, conversation for you guys to tune into and to hear. In this conversation, Michaela and I, we really begin to unpack, like, what, uh, well, there's a number of things. Number one is, uh, does anybody feel like a little, like, like selling printed artwork is a little tricky? Like, it, it kind of gives you, I don't know if, like, icky is the right word, but, like, salesy feelings. Like, how 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 are we justified in selling artwork, printed artwork, to our clients when they could just, A, they've got the digitals, they could go do it themselves, they could go do it themselves for a fraction of the price. How do we kind of resolve that feeling internally of what of what we're doing, what we're up to? We get into conversations around that. We get into conversations around the the scientific benefits, the 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 actual like science potentially around why print still exists. We get into conversations around sales process and tactics, um, uh, and and then also just some some bigger kind of ideas around our own personal beliefs of where we've seen the value of print uh, uh, um, within our own lives. And so, you guys, uh, without further ado, I'm going to hop right into this episode of Heart to Heart with Michaela Jade Harris uh, of Printographer Society. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode three of Heart to Heart. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, so my name is Ben Hartley. I host the Six Figure Photography Podcast, and then I do daily live videos uh, in the mastermind community dedicated to helping you guys grow your business and, and just grow your mindset. And, uh, and so Heart to Heart is every Wednesday. This is episode three of the series. And in Heart to Heart, I have really just a genuine conversation. It's very casual. Um, a genuine conversation with another creative who's been in your shoes. And, um, and so I know that our conversation today is going to be around print in some capacity because I've got Michaela Jade Harris <laughs> with me today from Harris Co. And so, um, um, but other than that, I, I, I'm excited to see kind of, you know, what, what direction we end up talking about print. And so this episode is for you if, if, you've, if you're interested in the idea of printing your artwork. Now, this could be a, the capacity of offering printed artwork to your clients. It, it could be in the capacity of selling it to your clients with in-person sales. It could just be even the capacity of like, man, I feel um, more in touch with the photographs that I've created for myself when I put them in my own home. And so maybe it's just like making photographs for yourself, printing them out, making albums, putting art work up in your walls for your own sake. If you're just interested in the conversation around print, then I think this would be a really great uh, topic to join um, because um, Michaela, I've, I will, I have often and will always, unless she changes things up a little bit, uh, <laughs> consider her the expert in print. She is the expert in print. Uh, you know, I do a lot with print, but um, when I see conversations and questions hop into this group, um, a lot of times I'll just, I'll weigh in, but I'll also be like, yo, you should also check out um, what Michaela's doing over at her community. Michaela runs this amazing community called the Printographers Printographers Society. Society. Is that right? Yep. Okay, go ahead. Printographers Society. <laughs> and um, and so I would encourage you guys to also go and join that community as well on Facebook. Uh, if if this is a conversation that you enjoy around um, printed memories, so Michaela, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Yeah, like I said, I can't complain. We're we're just taking it one day at a time, getting through. 
So you guys, sorry. Um, I am just pounding. This is ridiculous, by the way. I can't stop laughing. Sour gummy watermelons. Um, my friend, Carrie Cooper, Carrie Cooper came out to abundance. I do this workshop called the abundance workshop. And so my friend, Carrie Cooper, she came out all the way from Hawaii. And then just yesterday we opened up our front door and there's a box. And you know, when you get a box that you're like, that's not an Amazon box. You know what I mean? And you're, you kind of get excited. You're like, some sent me something. So I wonder what it is. And so it was like Christmas. We all gathered around the, and all the way from Hawaii, this box was beat to shit. I mean, it, this thing, you know, it came from Hawaii. And so um, it was like Christmas. We all gathered around and, and our friend Carrie Cooper, she had sent uh, our family just a whole bunch of Hawaiian treats. And, and um, so now I'm just, I'm hitting it hard. So it's amazing. A long story. Um, <laughs> but now, okay, Michaela, you and your husband, uh, David, you guys just abandoned ship. You, is that what I'm hearing? So you're out in New York, right? <laughs> yeah. So we are based in upstate New York um, and everything back home is shut down and we were homeschooling and trying to run a business and we were juggling. I mean, just as all of you guys are juggling postponements and cancellations and like the stress level was high. Right. And we kind of noticed like our kids were just around for so many of those conversations and it started to just impact the total family morale. So we were like, you know what? Uh, let's get out of town. Let's go to the beach. Like the beach is my happy place. There's something about, you know, those, that Moana song where the sky meets the sea, that call. You want me to sing it? <laughs> Don't doubt me now. Sing along. Me. There's an old Facebook video that I had the goal to post of me lip syncing to that song. I think on my personal page somewhere, but I digress. You still so owe me a karaoke, a uh, karaoke song. By the way, we you ditched me when we were signed up for karaoke <laughs> no, so, back at United, so you still owe me that. Yeah. So fair. next time in person events are possible, we that's will. Fair. I will be calling you out for that. <laughs> so let's catch people up here a little bit. So, okay. So first, in summary, I feel like I interrupted you. No, you're fine. You've been in Hilton Head for for like a month. Yeah. So we left. Uh, we left shortly after Easter. Came down to South Carolina. I uh, spent about a month here. Um, we went back home for a little while, trying to see if we could open up the studio, trying to check in with our team. And it's just the situation there is just still so unknown. So we ended up coming back down um, for a few more weeks here. So still quarantining, kind of, you know, laying low. Um, it's a different world down here for sure than it is up in New York. So I get that. And now I think it'd be important to kind of communicate to people. Actually, I think this would be a fun conversation just to have is like, how did you pull that off? I mean, when I started thinking, cause I was thinking about it, I was like, man, you're, <laughs> you spent like a month just like vacationing. How are you pulling that off financially? <laughs> yeah, no, that's a fair question for sure. So we, um, you know, my husband and I are both in the wedding industry together. So we don't, it's not like we have his salary to rely on or anything like that. Like when I say like, this is our business, like we are all in, in this business. But one thing that we do kind of on the, on the side, our side hustle, so to speak is, uh, you know, during wedding season, we put our house up on Airbnb. And so we've, uh, in the past years, have rented out our house on the weekends while we're out shooting. Um, you know, our kids are with my mom, um, my parents, uh, while we're out for a wedding. And we'll either get a night at the hotel or the ballroom where we're staying, or we'll travel uh, with the family or whatever. And, um, and it's worked out. It's allowed us to kind of make money while we're on vacation because, you know, we rent our house out for 
um, you know, more than we spend when we're traveling. And, uh, and so that's kind of when it was like, you know what, why don't we just list the house for a long-term rental? And being that we were so close to New York City, a lot of people were looking to kind of go up north to just get a break from, you know, the crowds of, of the city lifestyle. So we, we got a long-term rental that wanted to come in and book our house. And we're like, great, we'll just we'll just go to the beach. So <laughs> that is awesome. That's honestly inspiring. One of the things that I've been thinking about, and this isn't that, this is this is my own little version of it in my head, is um doing that, but just like with an RV and just yeah. like going out west for a month or two and and um I don't know, maybe I wouldn't rent. I don't know if I want somebody living in my house. But Stop it. <laughs> it's a tough conversation. <laughs> yeah, I think that'd be a really interesting conversation. I'm curious what that looked like. You know what I mean? For for you guys. Um, but yeah, I, I I think I just need to, it's one of those things I just need to do. I, I think I just need to go buy an RV and then just fucking do it. Uh, do you have any advice for making such a big, I mean, that's a big step, especially with kids and school and all that kind of stuff. What What is that like? Um, I mean, in terms of like, just leaving during uh, this time, or you mean like, with like listing our house on Airbnb and making those decisions? Just Yeah, I well, I guess, um, I guess, during this time, I, I, I was thinking about during, uh, during wedding seasons, it sounds like you do this. And, and so what is school like for them during wedding season? Yeah, I mean, typically, like we're in upstate New York. So our wedding season is really from May through September. So there's not, um, it kind of overlaps with their summer break. So on weekends, when we don't have a wedding, if our house is rented out, we'll go spend a weekend up in Acadia or Bar Harbor or uh, New Hampshire, you know, kind of make like a little family getaway trip. And, you know, if we do have a wedding, then they stay at my parents' place. Uh, my parents live on a little pond and a farm and, and they love spending time there. And then Dave and I will either find a room where we are, or we'll bunk up with my parents for the night after we finish shooting. And, um, you know, it's just one way that we've, it, it's allowed us to, in six weeks time, it pays the mortgage for our entire year on our house. So we are able to live for free in our home by renting our house out for six weeks a year. We live in a touristy town too. So it, this might not work for everyone, but um, and then from there, we'll use other, that additional revenue to put on, you know, do home improvements. So we put in a new deck last year, this year, we were hoping to do a new kitchen, things like that. So, um, you know, it's just, for us, it was just a way to get creative and diversify our revenue and help prepare for situations like this so that we have savings in the bank and, and we have a little bit of a flexible lifestyle when our business is, for lack of a better term, just going down the drain. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Good for you. Who knew that this conversation was going to come about? And I uh, did not know that that's It's we really going, fun, but... though. It's really cool. I'm super, uh, I, yeah, I'm just saying, I'm encouraged. I was going to say I'm envious. I'm not envious. I'm actually, I'm encouraged. I'm like the opposite of envious right now. I'm just like, man, I feel encouraged to go and, and to see what's possible for my own life, uh, for my own kiddos. Um, Michaela, what, do you remember, this isn't putting you on the spot, by the way. I'm just trying to remember where we first uh, cross paths. Do you recall where that oh, was? I remember of... it vividly. 100%. Yeah, Let I do. Know. Okay. Because I think, so you were like, so I remember the room we were in. I remember what you were wearing. This wow. is going to sound really weird. <laughs> um, so specifically I had just become friends with Andrew Fundenberg, which you, I believe were also friends. And he, yep. and he found out we were, I was going to United. He's like, you have to meet up with Ben Hartley. Like you guys are just, you're just gonna vibe. Like you have to meet him when you're there. And so I had kind of, 
I, I never thought like I would see you and be like, oh, that's Ben Hartley. I never thought I would have this like light bulb moment, but we, we were in like the, uh, like lounge area where you check in at United, like that presidential suite that they have yeah. and you had a fundy shirt on. And that's when I was like, oh my gosh, that's definitely Ben. And I went up and I introduced myself and, um, you just have like a great energy, which I'm sure you get all the time, like this great energy about you that made me instantly be like, okay, this like, yes, Fundy was right. Like I need to get to know this dude. That's awesome. Dude, Andrew Fundy, shout out to Andrew. Yeah. Uh, Fundy's <laughs> connected with me with like so many of my closest photography, you know, friends in this space. Same. And um, he's Crazy. done a lot for, uh, for, for my relationships, but for my business, even actually, did you see the, the, what kind of transitions to print funny is a great transition into the print conversation. Um, did you see the photograph that I posted in the mastermind group just today of the 360 panorama of, yes. my, I called it the memory parlor. Yes. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, wild, but the, like, that also would not have happened without Fundy. So he's like affected my personal relationships. He's affected my business and, and our revenue, um, what's possible for, for our business. But then also just like my personal family and, and like um, the creating a space in my home for, for my kids to see themselves grow up. And for me to remind it, uh, of the gratitude that I do have when things are kind of shite. Um, so shout out, it's a little cheers to Andrew Funderberg yeah, uh, right now. Do you got a cup or anything? Hey, my water bottle. <laughs> that's Here's hairspray. Funny. Okay. No, it's water bottle. Okay, good. <laughs> All right, podcast listeners, we're going to take a quick pause here in order to give a thank you to the supporters of the SFP podcast, because if you're listening, it likely means that you have a small business or you know someone who does. And if this is you, you are wearing far too many hats. And some of these hats are amazing, right? Like being a photographer, but some like filing taxes, running payroll, not so great. This is where Gusto comes in. This is the solution, you guys. Gusto, G-U-S-T-O. Gusto makes payroll, taxes, HR actually easy for small businesses. I used to be on like an old school payroll processor from like 1982 and it was terrible. Gusto now has fast, simple payroll processing. Uh, this is the really cool thing. They automatically pay and file your federal, state, and local taxes so you don't have to worry about it. Um, they make like like W-2s, sending out 1099s, uh, incredibly easy to run. You guys, those old school clunky payroll providers, the one that I was on that I just left, uh, they just weren't built for the way that the small modern business uh, is meant to work, but Gusto is. You guys, no joke. I got really excited because I switched to Gusto before they contacted me uh, to come on as an advertiser. I'm like, this just makes sense. I actually use this thing. Um, the really cool thing, too, is everything is online, like the ability to sign, store, and organize all the employee documents. It's all online. It's all in one place. You guys, let Gusto wear one of your many hats. Uh, it gets better because for you, podcast listeners, you get the first three months free when you run your first payroll. Try this demo out for yourself at gusto.com forward slash photo. That's gusto.com, G-U-S-T-O forward slash photo. Do you remember when you started your photography business? Like it was no small feat. It took late nights. It took early mornings. It took the occasional 
all-nighter. Bottom line, you've been insanely busy ever since, so why not make things a little bit easier? Uh, Our friends at FreshBooks, they have the solution. So FreshBooks is invoicing and accounting software, and it is designed specifically for small business owners, not like massive shops, small business owners. It is simple, it's intuitive, and it keeps you way more organized. Uh, well, then, uh, for me, it's, it's like the bottom drawer of like my Ikea furniture, but maybe you're like the shoebox kind of person with the crumbled receipts. Either way, with FreshBooks, you create and send professional-looking invoices in like 30 seconds tops, and then you get them paid two times faster with automated online payments. File expenses even quicker and keep them perfectly organized for tax time, which is my biggest downfall is that organization for tax time. And here's the best part. With FreshBooks, it grows alongside your business, so you'll always have the tools you need when you need them without ever having to learn the ins and outs of accounting. So join the 24 million people who have used FreshBooks. There's a 30-day free trial. There's no catch. There's no credit card required. 30 days free. Go to freshbooks.com forward slash photography. Freshbooks.com forward slash photography and enter six-figure photography. And how did you hear about us? That's the little section there. How did you hear about us? Six-figure photography. You guys, at this point... Let's hop back to the show. So, so let's let's kind of chat a little bit about print because I I I'd love to hear from you in regards to like why you like you've gone all in on print like that's kind of your 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 niche that's your focus within even the photography education space and I know you're you're brilliant and a number of things and I know that David's brilliant at. Uh, the the video side of things and the branding, uh, yes, all of that. But it, you know, when when I when I think about Michaela, I really think about print. I mean, listen, the Printographer Society. It's like that's the focus. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love to hear. Um, was there a time that when you were a photographer that you weren't offering print? Oh yeah, for sure. It was a very short lived time um, because for me it was always about like, I needed to make enough money to sustain a lifestyle. I didn't want to go back to the corporate world. And so I knew I needed to make as much as possible, but I wasn't exactly really experienced and I couldn't work a ton because I had babies at home. You know, I had two toddlers at home. And so for me, like when I first heard about the possibilities of print, which I think was like at a road show in New Jersey one time, that was, that was very early on in my career. I mean, I was probably still shooting for like a hundred bucks and then like sending them a Dropbox link. You know, I didn't even have like an image hosting software. Like my digital giving ways were still even very amateur at that point. Yeah. Wow. A road show. I'm like, what does that mean? Like I'm imagine like I've got all these ideas of like a, like a traveling carnival, like a little like side, <laughs> like it seems really, it was a, it was a photography road show. Yeah. WPPI used to put on these things a while back. It must've been in like 2012, I think was when the first time I went to the road show and a photographer that I had followed and admired was speaking at the road show and it was in New Jersey. So I was like, can I make this work? It was like 89 bucks for the ticket, but it was like mini WPPIs that were put yeah. on. And I went and I had a nursing baby. I remember like bringing my mother-in-law so that I could like go in between speakers to like feed my kid. Wow, right? yeah. And that's where I was at. So 
And that's when I first heard about like the possibility of print. And for uh, to be completely candid with you, at first it was all about money. It was like I need to make th- I need to make ends meet for my family, and this is the way I'm going to do it. So I'm going to figure out how to do this. Yeah. May I ask who the photographer was that that attracted you to that roadshow? <laughs> yeah. So there were a few photographers at the roadshow, and it's it's crazy to think about now. It was Lindsay Adler. Um, it was Susan Stripling. It was Sal Sincata. Uh, JP Alario was a local photographer in our area that I first heard about it from and Jared Platt was there. So, I mean, these were like wow. not super big names at the time, but like they were just kind of getting started in the education circuit. And so they yeah. all ca- had kind of mentioned this a little bit um, in their talks. And that's when I was like, I just can't believe that there's this amount of money that can be made from being a photographer, I guess. Yeah. Okay. So it sounds like that's, that's when the light bulb for you was that there was an opportunity for revenue with print. Mm -hmm. And you said it in a way that suggests that, that, that kind of relationship to print has evolved or changed over the years. That's about eight years ago. Yeah. Roughly. Yeah. Is that accurate? What I'm, what I'm making up. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Wild. Um, and, and so I guess I'm curious to hear more about that. What did that evolution look like? If you could, my guess is you maybe haven't even conceptualized what that evolution looked like, like the, the progression of change, or maybe you have. Yeah, I think that that's kind of, that's the whole reason why I want to do this for photographers is because I think that at first for me, it was just money and I needed it for my family. So I didn't feel bad about it because it allowed me to give something to my family and, you know, provide for, for for them and help my husband who we were just living on his income. And that was funding my business at the time. So it was kind of like, at first I started feeling like this weird feeling about like stealing money from my clients. It felt like I'm trying to get, and I think so many photographers feel that way, right? Like you have to charge a substantial amount in order for these professional products to be profitable. And every time I would have a sale, I was, I would, it would feel like, I can't believe I'm getting away with this. Right. And like, Ah, so, so that happened. I can make sense. You were, you, you were like duping them. Is, is maybe what you're At saying. At first, that's what it felt like. And I was like, I can't believe that, I cannot believe that this, you know, it just felt weird, right? It felt like this, they're paying so much money for this and I'm profiting on it and I'm able to build the business doing what I'm, I'm, I love. And I had a weird relationship with it for, for a long time. And I think a lot of people struggle with that. They don't want to feel salesy. They don't want to feel slimy. They hate the idea of charging so much for something that their clients can then go and get at, you know, some consumer store or whatever. Um, and it wasn't until I started like listening to the impact that these prints were having on my clients that like the light bulb went off. So it was actually my clients that taught me um, to value this experience and value this way of doing business. Um, you know, they would say things like, I, I shared the album with my grandma in the hospital and it, she felt like she was there on our wedding day. I never would have had that experience with her if we just had a gallery or I never would have brought the album to go see her in those last few days if you hadn't produced it for us or, um, you know, clients that see the way they look every day and it reminds them to appreciate the little things in life, you know, and hearing those things over a course of a, probably a number of years it took for me to realize like this is something bigger and there are far too many photographers that are 
missing out on this opportunity, not just from a revenue standpoint, because it is, it is, it can be very lucrative for sure, but also from an impact standpoint. And that's kind of when my relationship with print started to change. And it also then flooded into my personal life. Just, you know, how you had mentioned earlier, I started realizing like, oh my gosh, like I'm doing this for other people. I'm not even doing it for myself, you know, I'm not even doing it for my own family. And so, and then it kind of, you know, continued to grow from there. Yeah. If you're watching this live right now or, or you're watching the replay, let me know if you feel that way or, or if maybe if you have felt that way. Uh, this interesting relationship to print that um, uh, you, you've wrestled with it. It feels like, you know, you're you're offering something that they could get anywhere else <laughs> for for a fraction of the cost. And there's something that, that, that you feel resistance in there. There's something that's not quite sitting well with you. Maybe it feels um, like all the things that, that Michaela just described. Um, let me know in the comments if, if, I don't know, if you have that relationship or have, or, or you can kind of relate to that. Because I agree, Michaela, that's something that, um, that I've wrestled with as well. And I think it started that way. And then I started, it, it actually, I think it was through the process from, uh, and my evolution with it, began to change as, as my buying behavior began to change. Mm -hmm. Like I started to notice places in my life that like, uh, um, as, as things gained more value to me, uh, for example, um, well, relationships as people gained more value to me. Um, and I'm not trying to say that like, you know, my relationship with Leslie, my wife wasn't more valuable when I first married her, but it's certainly, it's grown in value. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I keep falling more yeah. in love with over 10 years. Uh, and, and same thing with the kids and, um, and, and maybe financial opportunities are opening up for me now as, as, as years go on. But what I noticed for myself was there's certain things in my life that I wanted to spend more on. Like I actually wanted, uh, actually, I remember this uh, uh, for, um, it was last year, um, but for Leslie, I wanted to get her uh, a birthday gift that would be set apart. Um, and so I remember going over to Tiffany's with my daughter, B, and and we walk into the store and we're looking, and this is, by the way, I've never been in a Tiffany's. Well, <laughs> 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 I'm looking at the prices and I'm like, uh, first initially some of the you know certainly sticker shock but also like it's, it's what I wanted could I have gotten something that was also gold and on a necklace and on a chain anywhere else yes I could have but I actually wanted to create something set apart and and listen maybe this is like the the flaw of human behavior like maybe it's me even just for myself like I want to prove it to myself that she means this much to me and, and to prove it to her. And maybe that's some sort of flaw or whatever. That's fair. I'm not saying that it, it actually has more meaning. I'm just saying that sometimes people, they, 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 they want to create something. I mean, even that room in my home, like I wanted to create an experience been completely set apart. Um, and, uh, and so I guess when I started noticing that for myself, I also began to notice like, that's, that's also what people want is an opportunity to really create something that um, has, a greater value. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 I had a, 
I had a similar experience and I tell this story when I give talks sometimes that like uh, we decided we wanted to redo our backyard and put a, a like a really nice baller porch on our backyard. We love having family over. We love, um, you know, being able to be outside with our kids. And so we wanted to create a backyard that facilitated that environment. And I remember like walking into like the wood store and like being excited to purchase wood and be like I'm just so excited to like get the good kind and it's gonna look so great and it's like literally we spent fourteen thousand dollars on wood and I was excited about that so like if you for whatever reason are feeling the block that like your clients feel like they can't spend or they won't spend on prints or photographs or albums or things like that. Like just think of some of the things in your own life that like you have spent a ridiculous amount of money on that doesn't even make sense maybe, right? But for whatever reason, you convince yourself that like not only was that worth it, but that you were excited about it, which is yes. crazy. Yes. It has a lot to do with um, uh, uh, not spending other people's money. Also not spending other people's time. And I think these are two issues that we as photographers, we are often doing. I'm telling myself that, well, they don't, they don't want to, they don't want to actually take the time to have a phone call with me. They don't want to take the time to come in and, and be at the studio. They don't want to take the time, uh, you know, whatever, whatever. You don't need this much time for your wedding day. Like, time's a big one, but then also the money. It's like, we start limiting what people can do and we start spending their own money for them. Um, and then, uh, and that was, that's been a, a huge kind of sales lesson for myself of getting my, getting my hands out of my client's purse. That's what Jason Marina says. Yeah. Get, yeah. Man, get your damn hands <laughs> out of your client's purse. <laughs> like they're, like they're adults, like they can make their own choices for them. And if they want to make this choice then they can make that choice, no bad. Um, that has been a big, that's been a big shift. Can you share with me a little bit about, um, I was reading, um, there's a book, uh, uh, Grant Cardone, Seller Be Sold. <laughs> okay. Grant Cardone's a crazy mother. He's, he's so crazy. Uh, so, so he's got this book, Seller Be Sold, and I did a video about actually my memory parlor. I love calling it the memory parlor. It's, uh, it sounds so bougie. I love it. It's so bougie. I was in a live video showing people the room, and I was like, what should I call this room? And, the, and this guy who's in my community, Roy, uh, Roy's like, call it the memory parlor. And I was like, done. Boom. That's it. So, um, so I, I did a live video about my memory parlor and, and how, um, uh, in Grant Cardone's book, Celebrity Sold, he talks about that it, you can't sell what you haven't purchased. And like, like, and this is the issue that photographers have is y'all haven't actually purchased shit. Like y'all have traded for things and you've gotten uh, the photographer discounted rate or you've purchased a sample album, but like, what would it look like to actually like, you know, to what's the, isn't there, a, there's an analogy about like drugs, like, <laughs> to, like, don't, don't. Where are we the, going with this? <laughs> just hold on. There's like a saying that says, don't use like your own like don't use what you're selling i don't know there's like a phrase around it you know what i mean <laughs> do you know what i'm talking about well i'm here to I tell do. you that you actually like you actually need to have you got to use your own product <laughs> mm -hmm. you have to yeah. actually like someone in the comments by the way let me know what i'm trying to say uh there's a, there's <laughs> a great out here. saying out there on the streets <laughs> but um uh yeah. So what I'm getting at is, is 
to actually like hiring a photographer and, and going through the buying experience of buying process of purchasing artwork for your home or an album or, or wall art. And I guess I'm curious for yourself, if that's something that you've done is, is when you think about the artwork in your homes, like, is that a, a process or an experience that you've done? And if so, if it's uh, affected uh, your ability to sell? Yeah, so we did that um, quite a few years ago. And that was kind of uh, just kind of similar to how you explained like it was it was a light bulb moment for us to be able to can, um, can, real quick I just need to sorry everyone's letting me know that it is to don't get high in your own supply <laughs> that's what I was going for um thank you Joey and Sam Megan just joined and we're talking about drugs okay sorry I didn't but interrupt for Prince you need to get high in <laughs> yeah, your supply the, the point of my story was that you have to get high in your own supply if you want to really sell printed artwork. Ah, keep going, Michaela. No, I love I love where you're going with this. I think for me, um, we did we did a print experience photo shoot with a photographer. It was similar to this where we were kind of um, on a beach. I wanted photos that were reminiscent of our vacation and. Um, and I, looking back now, like at the time, it it, I, it didn't occur to me, but looking back now, um, there were so many missed opportunities also that that photographer left on the table. You know, we mm -hmm. didn't even talk about wall art. It was kind of just like picking prints. Um, it was very limited. Um, and since then, like we do that, we do every year, like we'll do a photo shoot for our family and, um, you know, blow up big prints. It's actually crazy to see like how quickly your kids change even yeah. in a year, which is wild. Um, and then like our, we do for ourselves, we design and, um, print our own family albums that are kind yeah. of like our family story. And that to me is probably like, that's my most prized possession because those family albums, not only serve as like reminders of everything we've done over the years, but it's kind of like, um, it gives me peace of mind and relieves me of a little bit of the parenting guilt when I am, you know, focusing, I'm in a season where I'm focusing more on work or I feel like I'm not being there for the kids as much as I should be. And yeah. just being able to go back to that and realizing like, okay, this comes in waves. And like, that's what parenthood is. You know, sometimes there are seasons where you can be all there and show up for your, for your kids. Like right now, I mean, I'm working maybe a few hours a day and the rest of our day is family time and homeschooling time. And, um, you know, but that's going to change when we're able to open back up and we have to, you know, go back to, to grinding it out for our business. And, and so those photos, those photos books kind of allow me to not feel as bad about myself and my parenting style when, yeah. when I do need to be focusing on work. Yeah. Um, I've got a couple of questions on this. One is, I'm curious if I'm able to get inside the head of someone who isn't, you know, they're not offering print or, mm. or maybe they don't really, um, they haven't fully bought in on it. Right. And I, and I, and I'm inside their head right now. Cause I've been there. Um, and I've taught a lot of them also. And, and I think that there's maybe a belief that, uh, like, is that just altruistic? Like, is that like, like do prints really matter? Like meaning this, like I even, I, I, I wonder if as a photographer right now, as you're listening to this, you know, when you're, when you're selling, you know, prints to your clients and you're sharing stories about, you know, like seeing pictures on a wall and how, you know, maybe if you're in a fight, you know, you look to those pictures or whatever it is. And I'm just curious if like, um, 
what your thoughts are to someone who who may have this uh, a caution, a suspicion of like a really like is that actually like are they actually that valuable? You know what I mean? Like is it actually that yeah. important? Um, yeah. Like I I don't I don't buy it. Does, does that make sense? And I don't know if you've had that pushback at all from anybody. Or if you're if you're kind of in touch with that, I'm not challenging you. Uh, no, I appreciate that. What your you're, thoughts are? Yeah, you know. you're 100% right. It's easy to be like, oh, is this all like an emotional ploy, or like what is this, right? And I think like, you know, one thing that I encourage, um, you know, some of our community members to do is like sit down and write down like the three things, three things that you last like spent money on that you like you didn't necessarily budget for, right? Like there were things that you either had to save for, or you had really had to think about, right? And then think about like three things, three moments of your life that have been captured on camera, right? And it could be anything, right? It doesn't have to be a professional photo shoot, just three moments throughout your life that were captured on camera that are like your most favorite moment, right? And then like compare the two lists. I can almost guarantee that there's not one thing on the list of things that you convince yourself to spend money on that would outweigh the value of any of those moments on the other list. And, and, you know, for me, it's kind of like there are moments in your life, maybe it's, you know, you tucked away a picture of your kid on your dashboard and you see it and like, it gives you a little smile or you have a photo of your wife in your wallet and you open it up every once in a while. And like, you still get that like hint of joy, right? Um, those, those, that's it. That's like the secret. That's like the goal. That's, that's the impact. That little ounce of joy, that little in, inflection of emotion or reminder that you get when you are interrupted from your day to day to be brought back to what really matters. That's what we do. And mm -hmm. if we're not, if, if we're not prioritizing that message to our clients, then I don't, I personally don't think we're doing our job because mm -hmm. that is our profession is to provide meaningful, to document meaningful memories and, and be able to allow our clients to be able to relive those memories. That as a photographer is what I feel is our job. And we're, our job is to preserve those memories for our clients. So that way they can remember them down the road. And if they're just stuck on your phone or, you know, in an online gallery that. Uh, you know, they never have any sense of urgency to do anything with, and they just keep kicking the can down the road. And those photos are, their life is void of those little interruptive ounces of joy. So, um, you know, it might not be this like cute, we have some really crazy personal stories that uh, attach our emotion to print for sure. It doesn't have to be a crazy emotional story. Um, it could be just that little, little hint of joy that you get when you see a picture of your honeymoon on your nightstand or, mm -hmm. um, so I don't think it has to be this, uh, I think it's easy to just brush off the idea of like the impact and the emotion. Cause it's like, really, is it really that big of a difference? And I truly think that it is because I do think that it brings people back to what's important. So I want to share this. So this is kind of fun. Uh, oh. this is, I just, I made this one black and white for my, for my memory probably well, but so this is an interesting conversation. Cause I, I think most people will talk about the, the, the objection is like, yeah, but Michaela, like they'll have it forever on their phone. Like this has been on my phone ever since we took B to Disney, uh, here in November, it's been on my phone. It's been on my computer. I've, I've owned it. Uh, ben, if I wanted to go and, and look at it, I'll just go and look at it. If I wanted to pull it up, I can go pull it up. If I wanted to experience it, I'd go experience it. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's the pushback. It's like, yeah, but you got the digital. You can do whatever you want 
with the picture. And, um, and so this is Leslie on the right and there's Jackie B and myself. We're going to, we have our two boys as well, Alex and, and, uh, Colton, and we're going to be planning to do individual trips with each kid to Disney. Cause I can't have a time. And I showed that <laughs> picture because you said something really important that I think most people miss. And it's because it's, it is, it, it's something that doesn't exist. And that is uh, the future. It, that is like perspective. And I think for most people, they're just thinking about, you know, let's say that that print is going to cost, you know, $1,500 or whatever it is, nine fifteen dollars print. And I think we're just thinking about selling like this. It's like, well, this is $1,500 and you, you take it or you leave it. And, and what you said is um, you, used, you used it a couple of times, this idea of the interruption it's mm-hmm. like you're 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 selling something that doesn't exist. You're selling the the like the potential to be interrupted <laughs> and to be reminded unexpectedly. Right. And that's a really hard thing to sell. It's a really hard thing to kind of get around um, or even to conceptualize yourself until you've experienced it, uh, until you actually continually find yourself getting interrupted, find yourself re-experiencing this stuff. Or again, when I'm saying something that doesn't exist, again, what I'm saying is it's also like the, the, whatever possibility for the future doesn't exist, meaning I don't know how long I'm going to have B and I don't know mm-hmm. how long I'm going to have Leslie and they don't know how long they're going to have me. And so it's, it's literally an investment into, into whatever possibility could come. And, and I suppose maybe then it's a gamble if you want to view it that way, because, you know, maybe I won't ever get interrupted or maybe we'll have each other for, well, I mean, that's an impossibility. We won't have each other forever. But, um, but I think that opens up a whole new perspective around the actual value behind it, that it will gain value. Uh, It's like the one investment that will continue to gain value every day as my memory depletes more and more. And as I become more and more distant from not only this memory, um, but of the, the, like the little person in this memory <laughs> or like even the look in Lassie's eyes from this, but it's going to change. It's going to evolve. Yeah. Um, and to be re-interrupted by, by that. I love that term of interruption. I'm going to keep saying it. <laughs> yeah. Because you, you know, you mentioned like, oh, well, it lives on the phone or the gallery. I can always go find it, but that is a, that's a reactive experience, right? You are thinking of the memory first in your head before mm-hmm. you're able to see it and be you know, fully embraced it. So you're now searching on, and I don't know about you, but like even this morning trying to find the photo of you, I'm like, oh my God, what year was it? Was it United? Like, am I yes. searching Ben Hartley? When, how do I freaking find this photo of us together that I knew we had, but I don't have it printed anywhere, right? I'm just trying mm-hmm. to use it for marketing. And Why am I not printed and hung on your wall? <laughs> <laughs> Next time I'm going to have a mural of you behind me. No, I mean, and that happens so often with my family photos where I'm like, I don't remember what year that was. What vacation was it? Like, how do I go back and find that? What gallery is it? What did I save it to a hard drive? Did I put it on my phone? Did I, it's so hard to find because it's just like endless amounts of files. And at that point, not only are you stressed out because you're trying to find these photos, even if you are super organized and you know exactly where to find it, you have a million backups, like you're still searching for something. So it has a completely different impact where when you have that, all of a sudden you pass by something and it it almost catches you off guard, right? Mm -hmm. It's, it just, it's like when you wake up and you start your day full of gratitude, you're, you're going to have a more productive day. If you wake up and you surround yourself in memories that, that, that center you into who you are, who you want to be, where you want to go. Like, I, I believe that that will manifest itself. And so, 
um, you know, for me, I surround myself with all my favorite memories, not in my condo here in Hilton Head, but in our home, you know? Yeah, that totally makes sense. Yeah, that's huge. Is there, um, is there ways that you communicate this to people? You know, because again, I held this up and I was like, well, this is $1,500. And, and I think it's easy to, to, uh, to just stop there or to kind of get stuck there or maybe that our couples get stuck there our clients you know portrait photographers get stuck there like well this so this thing's fifteen hundred dollars is this like some paper and some wood and some glass like uh so that's fifteen hundred but um to the point of what we're talking about though the, the 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 like the future the perspective the interruptions the 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 potential of what could or could not be down the road. Right. Um, is there ways that you open up that conversation or does that happen? I'll, I won't lead the conversation I'll, or lead the question. I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, no, it, exactly. You, we market it. So we actively tell these stories just in the way that right now, the people that are listening, if we had asked them, I want you to comment with what your Disney or add your Disney World photo to the comments right now. Like every single person who's watching this right now, likely when you brought up that photo or as we're talking is now thinking of a moment that they also appreciate, right? So it's all of a sudden their little light bulbs are going off in their heads because they're listening to us have these light bulb moments for ourselves and talk about, you know, these meaningful memories that really they don't have to be like these picture perfect moments right but we all have them and our clients have them too right so if we have that conversation with our clients before we even ask them for an exchange of money or tell them about what the workflow is going to look like or walk them through collections if we have these conversations about like you know tell me some of your favorite memories or you know do your parents have a wedding album or when you think back on your childhood like what's one photo that your parents took of you that you know brings you back to that place like those little conversations that spark that joy that then reminds them like oh my gosh this is important like my parents have an album i'm able to look at that i want my kids to have that or yeah. you know the cheesy photograph that's on the wall of my parents from 40 years ago at their wedding or whatever you know i want i want my kids to laugh at that too um, and, and so we've had, because, because we've made this so much about sharing our perspective and sharing these ideas with our, our clients and our prospective clients, like we have clients that will come in for a consultation that we've never even met before. And they'll bring in their parents' wedding albums. They'll bring in mm. scrapbooks that they did. They'll bring in these photos because, because we've shared our hearts and our stories with them. And that, that reminds them, oh yeah, like, she's right. Like this is important to us. And, and just the same way that you have your Disney world photos and, and plenty of other photos in your oh, yeah. memory parlor. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, you know, I, I went out, uh, to Paris with Andrew Funderburg. Um, mm-hmm. Leslie and I did to film a documentary, um, uh, on the kind of this very topic of like the, the, the power and the importance of print. It like, is, is there actual power in print? Is there actual, like, is there anything important about it relative to, to having all these files on our phones and, and digitally in our computers? Um, and, and through the process of filming this, the really cool thing was Les and I got to go around uh, and, and interview um, sociologists and biologists and neurologists. And uh, it was really fascinating. We have to go to universities and, and um and, and there's been really interesting studies, you know, even just about, um, like scientifically <laughs> about <laughs> like the power of print. So even what we're talking about where we're, we're being, I don't know, I don't want to say it's wishy-washy. It's just hard to, it's hard to be tangible when we say like yeah. to create opportunities to be interrupted, uh, 
it's like you're you're discreet you're investing into a into the possibility of the future even apart from all of that it's like the way then when you are interrupted with print is different than let's say that you know you were walking by um your wife and she had the laptop out and that same picture was on the laptop it's actually it, it triggers things differently in you if I were walking by and to get randomly interrupted by Leslie and seeing that photograph of B, me and her on the laptop versus to encounter it in, in print form. And, um, and so what was kind of discussed uh, through our interviews um, was that digital, uh, it engages one sense. And it's, it's literally just like the light emitting from a screen directly into your little eye hole (laughs) (laughs) and that's great it's awesome it engages that sense and it and it brings up memories but the the really wild thing about print is um that well for starters human beings are these crazy weird spiritual physical (laughs) things whatever the fuck we are but but one thing is certain is that we're brought into relation a closer relationship with with people when we are in a physical space. Like even right now, Michaela, if it, even if we were having this conversation just like this, but we were in the same room, just the physical space, even when we're touching the physical space of being near to someone, like when there's a physical object representing you, it um, it changes the, the relationship. It makes me feel closer to you. And so the really crazy thing about print is it engages all five senses certainly sight and actually want to chat about sight a little bit more in depth because it's different the way it engages with sight but um but sound you know it's like the the like like the cracking of a binding of a turning <laughs> a page or even just this i don't know if it can pick it up or not like that that texture and um and the smell of of like the ink or the leather of an album or um, or the wood of a frame and, and with, with, with smell taste is like tied to it. Like those two aren't interdependent. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. like you must taste like the, um, especially like my, um, my, my parents' basement is they have all their <laughs> books down there and it's like that mildewish kind of a taste, like, or the, even like the taste of print, like from a newspaper. Um, yeah. like I can actually smell that. I haven't touched a newspaper in, in like a decade. Um, and, and it brings you it brings you into closer relationship. It brings back the, the memories of that individual or that scene or that space to a greater extent. And, and the last thought I have is this one. I'll end my little rant here about it. Cause I just think it's <laughs> fascinating is that when you're viewing light coming off of a screen, it's unnatural to the way that we actually perceive the world. Meaning this light's coming off the screen and it's directly hitting my eyeballs. And what's wild about print is, is print actually, it, it changes the way that our brain interprets things because light is hitting a surface first, and then it's bouncing off the surface, and then it's coming back to us. And it actually changes the way that we interpret what that is as a physical space. Like that is now a physical space because light's hitting it, it's bouncing off the thing because it's real. And then it's coming back to me and it makes it real versus the light directly hitting eyes. This is actually one of the really cool things about projectors. If we're going to talk about IPS now, in-person sales, it's like when you're selling from a, from a TV, the light's coming directly off the TV into your eyes. And that's fine. These are really subtle things. But with a projector, the projector is literally hitting a physical object and then coming back and it's actually being perceived more like a printed piece of artwork than it is a digital piece. 
end rant. <laughs> but there's real. <laughs> that was like, a little scientific. <laughs> yeah, but there's real science behind it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, have you? Do you? Does, does any of that re, uh, uh, um, resonate with you? Or, or is yeah, kind of like yeah, 100%. sure, fuck it, whatever. No, 100%. I also think like there have been tons of studies done on, and this kind of hits home for me, like there have been tons of studies done on children's confidence level and the love that they feel from their parents based on prints and based on photos and seeing themselves in those memories in their home. Um, and I, I just find that fascinating too, that, you know, you can impact how much your child feels loved based on if you have their photos hanging on the wall, or if you make it a priority, a priority to show them that like, that's what's important to you. That's what you're spending your, your money and your effort and your time on. Um, and also too, I think, you know, for the people that are like, okay, I'm not into the emotional element of it. I'm not into the scientific element of it. I think, you know, speaking straight from like, when you invest in something, so let's just talk strictly money for a second. Like when you invest in something, that's like, you feel like it's an investment, right? You have to, it's a big consideration, like $1,500 for, you know, the print book that you just held up or what, you know, $3,000 for a wall gallery collection, whatever it is. It's something that you instantly feel more, uh, you, you find more value in, right? It's the same reason that you could give someone one of your amazingly valuable courses for free, and they're not going to find the same return on that than the people who paid full price or the people that saved for that investment. And I think it's the same thing with print. It's like when people splurge on something because they believe in it so much and they, and for wedding photographers, that's like a, a two year commitment that they've gotten excited about creating this end product, right? When you've gotten to that point and they're so excited to like finally, you know, create this big investment, the value is already built in. They already feel more of a connection to it because because of the, the, the price point, because they've invested into it. So um, I think like, no matter what type of, you know, sales mindset you take, like, I do think that this matters. I do think it's something that I personally think it's something that every photographer should be offering to their clients. I think yeah. it's our obligation as professionals to, uh, to find, uh, to find a way to offer something more meaningful to our clients. Yeah. What you just said is, is one of my favorite, like, more or less life hacks. Like if I actually want to take anything seriously, this is why gyms work, by the way, yeah. like gym memberships work on this principle. And, 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 like people oh, pay true. for the gym membership. Yeah, sure. They're going to have weights there and it's a way to get out of home, but like they're really paying for the, for like the accountability, the commitment to it. So even myself, like if I'm, if I'm like, okay, I'm going to start journaling, I'm going to start doing this thing. Um, I'll try to find the most fucking expensive <laughs> dumbass journal with like and a like quill the, pen yeah the quill <laughs> pen just to like to like go all in even like so it's funny so i have like this this custom leather like cover mm. uh for you know for my little journal and it's neat because i've got this little thing but i can just uh switch in and out the the, oh, the note paper you know, I just I like field, field notes nice. like slide in. but um but it's just like a small little thing that i've done intentionally just to like I, I'm in, I've, I'm, I'm creating the value of it for myself. Right. Like it, it, it kind of goes back to what we were talking about with Leslie and the Tiffany's thing. It's like, I'm, I'm, I'm creating the value in this. I'm wanting to uh, kind of commit it to that. Can I ask you about, you brought up, um, and correct me if I'm wrong. You said something along the lines of the, one of the factors that can affect the the kind of 
um, the value or, or the importance that a child feels growing up is in in the photographs that the parents you know show. Obviously, it's one of the ways. Is that something that you like? Um, there was a comment in the group um, about uh, yeah, Lauren. <laughs> hey, Lauren. Uh, say that it was one of her favorite articles. Is that is that like an article or something that you have that kind of talks about the the impact that photographs have on our family or on our children or things like that? Yeah, it's not something that I wrote. So she's probably referencing a, a similar article that I read. Um, that oh, kind actually, of correlates. Someone just posted it. Someone linked it. There we go. Yeah, sorry, Chad. Chad DeBazer <laughs> just linked it out. There we go. Hey, Chad. <laughs> it's a- Okay, cool. What, what did that look like for you, by the way? Can I ask? Like, if you were to go over to your parents' house, with yeah, every pictures so, of you as a kid on their wall still? Yeah, so this is a, this is a touchy subject. Um, so I was the first child. Uh, I, had, um, I was the glory of the family. Um, I had photos all over the place of me. It was wonderful. It was fabulous. My mom used to have this, like, huge, giant wall of, like, kind of like your memory parlor, but it was, like, in our living room, and they were just little photos all over the place, and they would get crooked, and it would drive me nuts, you know, but they, we had tons of photos of memories, and, um, and then upstairs, we had, like, um, she called it a deacon's bench, which I don't even know is, like, an actual term for it, but a deacon's bench, and it was, it's, like, a chest. It was, like, a bench that opened up, and it was just, mass amounts of prints. I mean, and so one of my favorite things to do was to just open up the deacon's bench and like fish out a photo and like ask a story about it, you know, like what was this or what was this like, or when was this and who's this and, you know, and, and the date, she would write the date on the back of the prints. And so that was one of my favorite things. And then after I graduated from college, my parents decided to sell our home and I'm one of the people that like, I just had, so I, I was trying to convince David to buy it. Like, let's just buy my parents home. Like, I just don't want to leave. Like, we, I have no reason to live there. I just want it. I don't want to give it away. And that was, um, for me, that was a huge struggle. And, um, you know, one of the, the one things that I made her promise me when she sold her home was like, do not sell the deacon's bench. Like, don't get rid of the deacon's bench, like keep that. And so now when we're renting our house on Airbnb and we have to stay at my mom's place, her new place, we'll go there and in, in her guest bedroom where David and I will stay is the deacon's bench. And, um, and so that to me is just like, one little it, it just connects me to my childhood I guess because it's you know full of all those old memories all those old photos so um I had a positive experience with that I know not everybody has a positive experience with that I yeah. I, I hear stories all the time about kids who you know never showed up in in their family photos and it breaks my heart so yeah um, which is that's also a point that it can be that can become motivation too, you know, like that that can become a part of your story of even the importance of it. Or it can, for sure, like you could use that past one way or the other, like um, yeah, and and you get to choose what you do with it, you know. And so yeah, my heart breaks for that as well. Um, uh, I think about my uh, home, and there's one picture of each of us kids, but it's they're like huge. <laughs> They're like these ginormous pictures. And I guess my dad took them um, on film Ooh, and blew them cool. off. And um, we were at Cedar Point. And, uh, and so anyhow, but there's a picture of me and I'm holding these, these binoculars. Um, but I digress. It's, but that was that, even just that <laughs> one picture alone is, um, has, has meant so much to me. Um, even today when I go over there and I see it, but I'm um, growing up too, always kind of being um, mesmerized with, 
this huge photograph of myself as like a little little baby. I'm like two in the picture or something. Um, I, I'm going to check out those articles that people linked. I hadn't, I hadn't seen either. It looks like Lauren linked out one from Design and Glow um, called How Family Portraits Boost Your Child's Self-Esteem. That's mm -hmm. in the comments. And then there's another one that Chad de Blasio wrote, uh, or not wrote, but put up from Conquest Graphics called The Psychology of Print. And so I'm going to, I'm going to take some time and, and take a look at both of those. So Michaela, this has been really awesome. Just having a, a good conversation around this stuff. Uh, thinking about it, it's perfect timing for me and, and the, and the memory parlor wall that I've got. Um, I'm going to try to take some, some more photographs of, that maybe highlight some of my favorite prints around it. It's kind of, I would say that in a similar way to your, the, the, your, what was it called? The Duchess's chestnut? What's the, deacon, it? the deacon's bench, yeah. The deacon's <laughs> bench. <laughs> the duchess's chest. So similar to the, to that is my guess, is that like, um, by the way, my parents had something similar to that too, but it was just a Tupperware. It was just like a <laughs> big giant blue Walmart Tupperware, like a huge one. Um, the, yeah. But, um, where it, you just like lay it all out and you're just kind of finding new ones. It's like a where's Waldo of, of imagery. And that's what I've been really enjoying about the wall that I have is when you go into a space with like a hundred pictures just everywhere, it's like you see something new each time or like there's another thing that comes up or like a different memory or a different experience or, or you, you, your eye catches a different photograph and it looks at it in a different way and it hasn't seen it in a while. So um, there's something really cool about just like the, like the, the overflow of 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 imagery so i i don't know i guess i'm just thinking about that and relating it to it as well oh, i love it cool I love it. michaela thank you for for leading this and and just for um opening up perspective for photographers to just to 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 consider uh what value print could have for their life for their client's life and even for the life of the business and we didn't really hit on that too much and i feel like i didn't want to hit on that too much because there's so much conversation around there it almost yeah and sometimes i feel like that's this is the part maybe that gets lost sometimes is like is it really valuable like what yeah. are we actually selling and doing and um and so i appreciate you hey wh where can where can people get at you and your man <laughs> yeah. Um, Printographer Society Facebook group is, is where we've been hanging out, spending most of our time, especially these days. So uh, we have a ton of free resources in there and it's a great community, great conversation of all photographers that are kind of chugging along, trying to do the same thing, offer more prints to their clients. So. Okay. Awesome. I'll get a link out to the photographers group as well. Uh, I'll post it right into this, um, but I appreciate you. I, I look forward to seeing you whenever we get back on the road to start teaching again yeah. maybe i'll rent out your home leslie and i will come yeah visit. come visit. <laughs> we'll stay there for a month or so oh, uh, love it. But this was, it was really good to see you and just to chat and to connect uh no same you. to you thank you so much like this has been awesome i i always adore connecting with you and i appreciate everything that you're doing for the industry and uh always fun to to collaborate and meet up with you so absolutely all right, everybody. Thanks for hanging out. Episode three of Heart to Heart. We're going to be uh, next. Hey, wait, Michaela, check this out. Next Wednesday is episode four of Heart to Heart. And I got Jamie Schneider uh, from Dark Room. <laughs> I got Jamie Schneider, my bro, Jay. It's going to be a very yes. different conversation. Oh, man. You guys man. in the Dark Room. They're I love incredible him. photographers. 
uh, really incredible guy as well. Good friend. And so Jamie Schneider is going to be uh, on episode four next Wednesday. Otherwise, you guys, I'll be going live again uh, for you all tomorrow. Thank you once again for hanging out with Michaela and I. Make sure uh, you go uh, join her group, Photographer Society. Give her some love. Uh, let her know that you you heard about her, you saw her here, and and um, and just stay dialed in to what Michaela's up to. So thanks, everyone. Thank love you to you all. Bye now. Thank you. Bye, Michaela. Bye. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. I hope that this honest dialogue uh, maybe created some openings for you, some new ways to consider um, this discussion around print, the discussion around the selling of, of printed product, the offering around printed product, and even just the experience of having it in your own life. I hope that maybe there were some new perspectives uh, that were opened up. I, I want to encourage you guys to to follow Michaela and her husband, David, um, the Photographer Society, and um, and just to keep up with them. They're, they've really got their finger on the pulse uh, for this conversation. And then if you haven't quite figured it out yet, please come and join the Six Figure Photography Mastermind Community. You can get access to that at sixfigurephotography.com forward slash mastermind. Six figure, S-I-X, sixfigurephotography.com forward slash mastermind. And I would love to have you join the community, tune into these daily live videos and to weigh in. Hey, at the very least, just say hi to me. I would love to, I would love to see who is watching. You guys, until the next episode or I see you in the mastermind community, we'll talk then. Bye, everybody.